This is Contented Out of Office, the official podcast of Contented. As uh, as in the company title, we are a content company. That's what we do. And this podcast is an opportunity for us to talk to our colleagues, friends, clients, and indeed the whole world. Whoever wants to listen, all is welcome. Uh, my name is Moz, Moz D, and I'm co-founder of Contented. And I'm Annika Vesti, head of production at Contented. As Moz says, all are welcome. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at contented underscore group. And please do visit our website and LinkedIn page for more info on what we do and what we're about. On this podcast, we talk about a whole range of topics to do with the industry we work in and about work culture in general. During lockdown, we've worked hard to keep and build our company culture, despite us all working remotely. As a group, we've talked about everything from empowering women in the workplace to diversity to well-being. And if you've been following us on social, you'll know that we recently launched our new diversity and inclusion policy, which can be found on our website. We also like to talk to other companies and organisations, agencies and brands. Some are clients, some aren't, about their cultures and about how they've been working and coping with lockdown. And yeah, this week we're talking to a friend, yeah, a friend of Contented. Um, we've known Matt since we started and since then he's become a client. Matt Arden. Yes, the one and only Matt Arden is head of content and media at NBA 2K League. And I first met him when he was running brand content and programming innovation at Screen Vision, uh, looking after a lot. And I mean a lot, a lot of cinema screens across the whole of the United States of America, looking at programming and innovation, how they could be used by brands. And he was doing some amazing work, some amazing stuff. And it's safe to say that Matt has worked at every level of content making from creative director, editing, producing, writing, turns his hand to everything, which makes him a really, really fun guy to uh, to work with. Um, and at Contented, we're proud to call Matt and the NBA 2K League a client. And we're going into our third season with them as they enter season four. The start of the NBA 2K League is now. So about the NBA 2K, um, there you are, it's your home. I mean, for those people who don't know, we'll talk a little about esports in general. Uh, what are the origins of the NBA 2K League? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Great to uh, see and hear from you. It's nice to have uh, communication with other humans. It's, I feel like <laughs> we're all coming out of a cocoon again. So I don't know why I said again. I've never come out of a cocoon. But regardless... <laughs> um, the NBA 2K League is a joint venture between uh, the NBA and Take-Two Interactive, which is the the, the developer of, of 2K the game. Um, and obviously with the rise in, in, in interest in esports and and certainly with the, the the popularity of the NBA and the game 2K, there was a space, you know, and, and we wanted to we wanted to fill it. And so uh, it's the first uh, professional esports league run by a sports league, you know, and, and one of the majors, obviously with, with, with the NBA. Um, and we're, we're now going into, uh, in a week, going into our fourth season, um, of, of 2k NBA 2k league play. And it's, it's a really unique thing too. It's, um, it's five on five basketball. 
literally five players controlling five archetypes versus another five. So it's true five on five basketball um, in a digital setting. And um, we have 23 teams in the league and, and, you know, we're just super proud of it. We think it's a ton of fun. Um, and I don't know if that's actually the origin story or if I just strayed as I tend to do, but that's where we come from. No, that's good to know. It's good to know. Um, as I say, a lot of people will play NBA 2K, but won't necessarily always know about the league. So it's, it's, it's good to clarify that and, and get where that comes from. You know, we've said uh, you, you're a creator, you're a content guy. Um, you know, you moved to the NBA 2K league. How did you approach content? What was your thinking? You know, is, is this is this esports league? What does content mean for these guys? I'd say it's a great question. It actually is quite literally the first question I had to ask myself and everyone else, you know, going through the interview process because content means so many things to so many people nowadays. And particularly when you look at sort of like, you know, pillars of, of content users and content creators, it, it changes and it's something different to everybody. And so how do I come in and, and build a team that can be sort of everything to everyone that supports or loves this league, but also wants to learn about this sport of this league. And, um, you know, it was a little bit of a daunting task and it still is to be frank because we're a small team. Um, and, and we have a lot of, of great content. We have a lot of great stories and we also control our own broadcasts, which is very unique for the NBA. You know, we don't have a traditional uh, li- uh, platform partner that would obviously produce our games for us. We produce the games ourselves in the league. And so there's just like an, a massive amount of, of work to be done. And so the first thing I did was get educated. You know, I, the one thing I didn't want to do was walk into it assuming I know how to make content. I'm great at this. So here we go. Um, that, that, was, that would be the wrong approach, at least, you know, how I saw it. So I, I really, you know, tried to get some tentpole programming in place that we knew would just be great storytelling. So we launched, you know, I started in December of, of our second season. And by January, we had launched Draft Hopefuls, which was just really great short form documentaries about who might be coming into the league um, and trying to just explore great storytelling. Because the, what I did know was I wanted to get away from X's and O's as the core storytelling, you know, um, idea or narrative and get into who we are and why we are. Um, we, we have incredible people in our league and those stories deserve to be told. And I think too, that's how you build fandom. Um, you root for the people you care about or you root for you root against the people that you don't care for. And that's mm. just as important and just as powerful and just as visceral. Yeah, it is. And I, you were very brave in that actually. And the league might have been very brave in allowing you to do that. We'll talk about the autonomy you have or don't have a little later on, but the, the idea of the X's and the O's, that is what that is what esports gaming is about. And and talking to gamers, they want to know the cheats, they want to know the plays, they want to know, and we've been involved in some of that. But actually, what you said was, well, yeah, that that's an element, but actually, it's the humanity behind the console, yeah. and that's what I thought, and that's why you're being lauded now. Is that 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 was quite that was quite fresh, wasn't it, in the world of of esports at the time? I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know. Um, if it was or it wasn't, it's just what I've been passionate about my entire career. And the truth is I learned it, you know, I, my career started at, at really at Turner sports and, and learning from that model where storytelling and beautiful pictures tied with great writing and great music and, you know, getting, tapping into people's emotions, right. That's, that's, what's important to me. And I think, you know, we had a lot of work to do too. And so I, like I said, you know, we, we built a, a core of like programming that we knew would hit right away. And then really settled in on like, okay, we probably have like two or three pillars we need to focus on. 
one is to your point, people don't know who we are necessarily. And so there's a lot of education that has to, to, to happen. So we do a lot of one-on-one content, but we try to make it fun. We try to gamify it. Um, you know, you, you guys, in fact, are working on one of our favorite pieces, which takes a game controller and shows the button pushes and the, and the, the trigger mechanisms while someone talks through how they made a play happen on the court. So again, yes, it's one-on-one. Yes, it's X's and O's, but we're also learning about the person behind the X's and O's. So there's always sort of a little deeper layer layer to, to our storytelling if we can help it. And really we've narrowed it into three pillars, right? If, if it doesn't elevate, if it doesn't educate, and if it doesn't entertain, we're not going to make it probably. And frankly, everything we try to make, we hope that it pulls in at least two of those E's, right? If it can educate and elevate, or if it can entertain and educate, we try to, we try to build content, you know, at least with that in mind. Um, so that we're always at least sharing a little bit more than what's on the surface and exposing some of the, the, the raw emotion or the personalities or the, or the people that drive this league. And that, that's really sort of, you know, how we approach it. And, and the, you know, the autonomy that the league has given us to do it is pretty incredible. I mean, we have an, you know, a small team, but a really great team. You know, we, we like to use the phrase small, but mighty. Um, I'm surrounded by really smart people and really creative people and, then I get to come on podcasts like this and take credit and, and none of it's fair because the truth <laughs> is it's a team effort. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we just strap on our boots every single day and attack it all new again. Yeah. I think it's really interesting hearing you talk about that, Matt, because your content from right across the sports world, I mean, you know, full, full, uh, uh, you know, full honesty here. I, I, I'm not an esports gamer. Like that's just uh, that, that's not my not my background or or my hobbies. But working with you guys and seeing some of the documentary content you produce. Now, documentary is, I mean, that's my heartland. That's that's what I love, and that's what I also love to produce myself. But watching a great documentary about people I've never heard of before. I mean, some of the stories you tell in in your your some of your series across AT&T and, and, you know, some of the other partnerships are amazing. You know, these people have such incredible stories and they're, they're going through so much to, to entertain the league and, and particularly last year in, in terms of COVID and, and, and how that sort of changed the shape of the league. Um, yeah, it, it's fantastic. And it's great to hear that that comes from a real place of authenticity. Well, first of all, thank you. We appreciate that. And the truth is it starts with some really smart people that that help us connect to the community. So, you know, all credit to uh, Graham Borden, who goes by Black Frank White, who's our community ambassador. You know, he has his finger on the pulse of, of the league and, and what, what the stories that are bubbling up from, you know, the, the pro-am circuit into the draft prospect pool. Um, and Brad Ross and League Ops and, um, you know, they really help us sort of uncover the stories that we think, wow, that's what we need to run with. So we almost have, without calling it that, we have a little bit of an editorial board who says, you know, this person, you really got to like this, you got to meet this person. Um, and then, you know, uh, the team then, you know, with, with TJ Canty on our broadcast and event side and Mike Budney on the creative team, you know, we really sit in a room together and say, okay, well, how do we, you know, how do we very quickly and affordably bring this to life? And then frankly, all credit to our partner at Mall Media too, you know, Andrew Oshan and and Chris Vining and and Lizette and and that whole crew over there who does all of our post-production, you know, they're incredible storytellers. And they, I mean, those documentaries that we're making, I even hesitate to call them documentaries because we, we've never spent more than a day. And frankly, we've never spent more than four or five hours with a particular subject. we tend to be very focused. You know, we've got budgets to worry about. We've got time to worry about. We've got, you know, the deadlines are, are intense in the 2K league. Um, and so we, we, we extract a lot from a little. Um, and I think that goes to the storytellers and the creators that, that, that I've got surrounding me. It's, it's the emotion, I think, with esports. I think that's the thing that's coming to the fore. And I think that, you know, in years to come, I mean, you know, you've 
And we'll talk about your COVID story in a moment, but you know, your, your stuff's appearing on ESPN now. The, you, you know, people are being on, being in the league, being in the draft, being on a team means stuff. It's emotional and it changes lives in in a way I hadn't really appreciated till watching some of those series. It changes lives. I mean, just give us a flavor. I mean, some of your favorites, Matt, or your favorite um, um, stories from the, and, and I'm asking you this because if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the uh, the films we're talking about, they're all available on YouTube, take a look. But for Matt, what was, what was one of your favorites that, that sort of touched you and moved you? I mean, you look at like even season one with Joe Mar, um, you know, home and, and town, hometown, you know, devastated by the hurricanes in, in Puerto Rico and used a generator to power his home to qualify for the league, then makes it to the league, then goes on and wins the $250,000 2K tournament, going to school, like, you know, puts himself through college all during this period. You look at Chiquita, season two, first woman ever drafted in the 2K league, which leads to this season with DJ Lay and, and, and Ziggy Zaya and, 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 you know, you, I mean, you know, dimes, the number one pick overall and, and then building a friend, you know, building, you know, a, a, a home base now in Dallas. Um, you've just got some of the most interesting, most creative, most talented, um, just really special people. And I think, you know, one of my biggest concerns coming to esports was that people would want to put them in a box. They'd say, oh, well, they're, you know, they live in their mom's basement. They're gamers. They're, you know. And that, and that's what people do to, to these people. And it's not true. They're deep, fascinating, intelligent, creative, hardworking, driven individuals who have a career that's really unique and not understood by most people. And to humanize them, and, and, and it's not like we're humanizing them. They, they are humans. But to tell stories that humanize them and share that story outside of just recognizing it's a, a video game is so wildly important to us. And that's, and that's again, part of the content uh, initiative and narrative that you guys think, you know, as a mm-hmm. team have built through. I mean, Annika, we were talking about it, weren't we? About these people being, because we've, we're living in and going through um, a massively um, uh, um, interesting time would be, a, <laughs> be an underestimate. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's underestimating a word. Once, it's, you know, it's an interesting time, but actually giving these people a voice through. We have to. Uh, through to. through the whole Black Lives Matter a platform and program that's happened politically, what's going on in the world through COVID, that they are, as you say, I mean, okay, we were chatting about it. They're not just gamers. These people ha- can use these platforms to make a difference. They're three dimensional, and mm. and and to make them three dimensional for the outside viewer is really really important to us. And you talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, that was obviously core to the story, particularly in America. Obviously, you know, last summer. Um, and, and certainly around the NBA and the, and the 2K league doesn't have quite the voice that, that our NBA counterparts do. And so, you know, we, we petitioned the league and our leadership to say, Hey, let's open our broadcast to hear what our players think about this. And so what you're talking about, Maz is, mm. you know, last year, um, we opened our platform that if any player wanted to talk about how they're feeling or their own experiences, great record a video, come on live. We don't care whether it's controversial or not, if it matters to you and you believe in it, we'll air it. And so we mm-hmm. had many, many of our players live on all of our platforms share their feelings and their emotions about Black Lives Matter and, and the movement and what was happening in the streets of America at the time. 
Um, and again, that it, it goes beyond the X's and O's. And I think if you fall in love with our people, if you fall in love with our message, if you fall in love with our core values and who we are as people, then you'll experience our sport and you'll probably root for the people playing it. Um, mm. You know, and if you're a hardcore gamer, you'll understand what we're doing too. And you'll follow the X's and O's and that's important too. But that part's very surface. It's very easy to gain, you know, awareness to that. It's these other stories that we really want to dig mm. in on. I mean, the, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I think what has really attracted me to the content is, is those types of stories. Um, and what becomes very evident is that it is a league that is a community that has other interests. And uh, it takes me on to um, uh, how you've involved with other genre and how you've melded into other areas of the entertainment industry. Um, and I know you said a very late night last night, um, you're working on a project at the moment, but talk us through your relationship with music and particularly trying to build and develop young musical talent within the league and within the platforms. Well, I think, you know, again, it goes back to the, my core belief in, you know, you got to tie yourself to an emotion, right? And by the way, I'm in New York city. So there's a dog park, there's a bus. You'll hear it all in the audio. It's good stuff. Uh, you're authentic, man. Yeah. Always have been. Yeah. It's you're really <laughs> Not, I, this is not, this isn't this wild track. No, that we just, I only do podcasts from the street corner outside my apartment. That's so, right. That's um, <laughs> you know, music, I think is, is about touching emotion. Music's very important to me. And, and um, I think that that's, I think emotion really, you know, is what drives our content. Right. And so we got to tie it to a soundtrack. And so it's getting harder and harder, you know, music's becoming more difficult, especially with digital publishing and in perpetuity rights. And so it's, it, it it's the game has become a little bit more complicated. And I also don't know that making the quick obvious grab for the biggest artist in the world and, and, and attaching them to our product. You know, people talk about authenticity all the time. I'm not sure that would be authentic either. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the place. So we tend to work with artists and labels who are just like us. They're up and coming, they're emerging, they're raw and, and unapologetic, which is sort of, you know, what we say about ourselves. Um, and we either find music that they're creating that feels core to us, or sometimes we'll write music with them. And so, you know, this project you're talking about is a perfect example. You know, this year our, our, um, our, our theme is let's go. It's something our players yell. It's something our coaches yell. It's, it's very core language to us. And so that's going to be the campaign this year is let's go. And so we thought, all right, well, there's not a music track out there just called let's go that, that feels organic to us. Let's just go make one. So we pulled together three yeah, artists as yeah, we do. So um, HD Bindo is an artist we've worked with in the past rapper out of Brooklyn, who's incredibly talented. Um, Shannon Lauren Callahan is a singer songwriter and a guitar player out of Nashville who frankly I've been following on Instagram and just find wildly talented. And so I was like, let's, let's give her a call. And then a producer uh, in, in Charlotte and Atlanta that we've been, that we've worked with in the past named Trizzy, um, who's a famous finger drummer and beat maker and producer. In one day I was just sitting around thinking like, I really like all three of them. I wonder what they think about let's go. And so I emailed them and I was like, Hey, what does let's go mean to you? And they all had really unique answers. And I thought, all right, well, do you think the three of you would ever write a track together? And they were like, yeah, that sounds fun. And so we literally gave them like four weeks to write an anthem for us, write it, produce it, master it, record it. We went down and shot a music video around it, all COVID safe, and then built a theme around it. And so that'll be the campaign that we launch, you know, today or tomorrow will be the music video and then the promo campaign around it. And then what we did is, Annika, back to your point about storytelling and how we use documentary style uh, production. 
I thought that was a unique story because as we were discovering what let's go means to us, the artists were going through it in real time and writing about what it means to them. So we made it the first episode of Locked In, which is our big docu-series. And so we follow the artists through the writing process and the creative process on you know how to create something around Let's Go as a theme. And then we went out and asked all of our players, what does Let's Go mean to you? And we brought that together in sort of a, a genesis story of season four on what everybody's anticipating, you know, what, what everybody's feeling because we're kind of in the starting gates, right? Everyone's ready to go. So let's go is this action item now. Um, and the phrase will change as the season goes on too, right? It'll be like, you got to do better. We got to get, you know, a, a higher score, whatever it might be, you know, let's go is sort of a lot of things. And so I wanted that moment of before anything happened, before the big bang of the season, what's everybody thinking and feeling and what does it mean to you and how does it all come together? And so that'll be the, the first episode of Locked In. Oh, I can't wait for that. I mean, what I love about that. I- no, no, and Annika, I know that you want to talk about culture in a moment, which is really important. But what I love about that, we're not talking about gaming at all. No, in fact, there's not even a single frame of gaming in the video. You know, we're talking about music, we're talking about art, we're talking about culture, we're talking about all sorts of things that relate to a league. We're not talking about it's part of the game, but it's not it's not the whole game, which I just think is really, really interesting. Thank you. Sorry, Annika, I interrupted you. No, I was just going to say, I can't wait to see that. That sounds like brilliant content. I really look forward to it. Thank you. Mm. Now, um, COVID, and we've been working a lot on- What's that? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I know, no, no, I know, <laughs> I know. I hesitate to use the word now. It should be, it should be banned. We've used it far too much. But it's, um, uh, I mean, again, Annika and the team have done a huge amount of work. And what it's done is it's, it's changed us. It's changed us as a team. It's brought us, I think, closer together. Um, we are talking to you, Matt, in Mental Health Week. I don't know it's, um, and uh, we, we've just done some work with, with the team, which was hugely moving because actually, as you said, the humanity of coming out and being very open and honest about where people were with their mental health was, I, I had that conversation, Annika and I, and I was moved to tears by some of the stories that I was hearing. And, it, and we talk a lot about our culture and what we're about it, uh, contented. We, we're not perfect. We're not there. But I remember coming to visit you in New York and you guys being quite ahead of the game on a range of different levels as to how you operate with your team and how you work with your team. I mean, talk us through that a bit and what, I mean, what the NBA 2K League team, your team, the mighty team talk about and and how COVID has changed your team and the provision and what you try to do culturally to protect your people. I think, look, uh, and just so you know, I'm using this podcast as my therapy this week. So I, I have to tell my therapist <laughs> that you're, you're handling the work this week. But um, I think mm. it comes down to leadership, right? And we have the most incredible leadership, you know, all credit to our, our president and in uh, Brendan Donahue. He really sets the tone and the NBA in particular does on, on what health means to us and how important it is to us. And so I'm just following the lead of, of, of you know, the, the framework that's been set for the league already, which Brendan sets a very, a very important tone of that people come first and that what happens between us interpersonally will only aid the work if it's healthy. Um, and then the NBA has a ton of stuff that that's set up for us to succeed too. You know, mental health is talked about openly. We have, uh, you know, free mental health, uh, um, uh, you know, um, um, John, the therapy sessions that we can take advantage of. Um, we talk about it openly through our HR, you know, avenues. Um, and, and frankly, I think even what we did with Black Lives Matter and letting our players talk, and we just always want to make sure that we're taking into account the human 
part of it. Um, and again, that just, you know, all credit to our leadership and, 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 the, and the people I look up to, to, to set a tone. And, and hopefully I've been at least reasonably effective at, at letting that trickle down to, to my team. Um, and probably not as good as I could have been and, and certainly learning more every day. And I think that may be the biggest thing we take away from all this is that constantly learning, constantly listening, constantly being open, um, you know, is, is the only way to sort of let this team operate. And to your point, we're very small and mighty, but we are small. And so the little things probably affect us more than the bigger organizations, or at least they're more, at least they're more, you know, visible in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just trying to be very cognizant about taking a moment and saying, okay, what does this mean to us? How do we, how do we approach this? And from a storytelling and creative perspective, just hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm, and me and, and the team are effective at maintaining an open process. So if, again, if it's players, or if it's people on our team, or if it's our, our partners and vendors and creative friends like you guys, um, you know, feel a certain way about something or want to talk about something or feel not great about something, then they have the freedom to say it. You know, we, we need to have a culture of hand raisers. Yeah. I mean, that's so great to hear. I, I completely agree with you on the leadership point because, you know, you know, very luckily, Moz is one of my bosses, <laughs> which is a great thing. But but has has along with Adam, you know, always fostered a really open culture, uh, contented. That that's not something new. Um, basically, what I was able to do is kind of capture that and sort of encapsulate it and sort of put it down and say, this is what we're about. And 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 you know, given and given the space to to put a stake in the ground in that way, which I know a lot of companies struggle with actually. Um, sort of having knowing that that's come from the top is so important um so yeah no fantastic to hear but I think that was really the what you put that well Matt is that because we're not we're not a massive agency either we haven't got you know um thousands of people on different floors we all know each other and the wins are big wins but the losses are big losses and I think we were alluding and that's what you're alluding to when you work hard to win something it doesn't quite come off it's tough on the people that have done that and they absorb it personally. So it's, um, it's um, yeah. And, and it's something for this week, which we're doing. And I know you guys are as well. It's just right. Let's be mindful. How do we learn? How do we talk to each other? How do we move on? Listen, just, just quickly. I'm very conscious of your time as well. Um, is, is just briefly like, how did COVID change your content strategy because actually forced something and and what have you pulled over and what are you planning what are the surprises what what can we look forward to in in uh in the season to come well covid i mean my lord it changed everything and it changed everything overnight um we were literally at this position last year when the nba shut down so we were i mean two weeks away from launching our season and we had had built a state-of-the-art arena in hell's kitchen here in new york city and we were ready for our players to start arriving in market and we were geared up for the first tournament of the year and and then it all shut down and we didn't want to go away um for a number of reasons and and primarily was we wanted to you know you talk about community earlier we wanted to maintain a connection to our community and we wanted to make sure that we were providing entertainment and maybe something other than news coverage of COVID. And, um, and we had our players already in market, you know, when COVID hit. And so we forged ahead and we had been, you know, we spent four or five months building our, our plan for season, uh, for season three. And we had six weeks to build a new plan 
uh, from from 23 different cities, uh, all with different Wi-Fi capabilities and bandwidths, and and then not you know not not to take into account the production side of it. Um, that's just our teams and players. So at the end of the day, we ended up in about six weeks uh, turning around the entire production to make it remote. Um, had our first you know games on ESPN two, you know at the, at the start of our season. Uh, across all of our platforms too. I mean, we were multi-platform by that point too. I think we had, you know, eight or 10 platforms to push out to for that first game. And, um, you know, all, all said, I think we were connecting roughly 60 to 70 remote locations on a patchwork network of different Wi-Fi speeds in two different countries and in 22 wow. cities. Um, you know, uh, and we, we found a way to make it work. And not only that, but, you know, one of the, and I always joke about this, but it might be one of the fun things or one of the awful things about working with me, but I didn't want to let go of any of the creative plans we had set in motion for season three when we were in person. And, you know, a lot of credit to our team for just taking the ball and running with it, but our broadcast didn't look really any different than we wanted it to look when we were playing in person. The only major difference obviously being, you know, the POV cameras, people live, you know, playing in their bedrooms or in their living rooms. And so there was some stuff there that we had to deal with, but, but ultimately we put on the broadcast that we felt we kind of wanted to put on before COVID. Um, and, you know, a lot of credit to our partners at DeFacto Entertainment. And of course the team at the 2K League and Mall Media and everybody who really you know brought that to life. Um, and so we felt confident that we learned a lot very quickly. Um, and that we could do remote production. And then there were things that we learned through that process that we thought, okay, outside of a pandemic, these are actually really great things that we could probably employ moving forward. And so, you know, we're going to try to, you know, get back in the arena as quickly as possible when we can. We love our live product, but we want to do it safely and we want to do it the right way. So this season we'll launch in remote as well. Um, and, and hopefully we have some opportunity to get together in person when it's, when we get the all clear. Um, but for this year, the thing that we're working on is theme nights, you know, we're going to be on air Wednesday through Saturday. Um, uh, and, and we, we wanted to break it up and have some more fun. And I think one of the, my big messages to the team this year, and it's my own fault. One of the things I had to learn coming out of COVID was it was a pretty serious year. And I felt like our broadcasts sometimes had that serious tone. Everything sort of felt like the NBA finals and maybe every broadcast doesn't need to feel that way. Um, so I really wanted to tell the team this year, like we need to have more fun. We need to be laughing a lot more. We need to be joking around. We need to let everybody's personality shine. Um, you know, every basket isn't the end of the world. So let's have some fun here. And so we're going to introduce theme nights. Uh, Wednesday nights will be block party, block party Wednesdays. And that's really a, an homage to our roots in the pro-am community um, and, and where we came from in 2K. And so we've got new casters on the desk too. We're bringing on influencers on the caster desk as well. Uh, we brought back the amazing Autumn Johnson, but instead of a sideline reporter, she's now going to be our host. So we're going to bring back a virtual studio, but with a host this year, we figured out some of the dynamics and 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 around that in in remote production. Um, Thursday nights will be um, bounce past Thursdays, and that we'll 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 start games in quicker succession, and we'll just be bouncing around the league all night, playing multiple games, two box, four box, three box. Let's go over here. Let's go over there. Um, and, and having a lot more, you know, sort of like frenetic night where we're having a, a little different kind of fun. Uh, Friday nights, we're calling Friday Night Fire, uh, which features Game of the Week, which is our, our 10 p.m. Eastern slot, uh, which is our big matchup for the week. Um, and that night, we're going to do a lot more storytelling, what, what Brendan, our boss, likes to call a lot more Olympic-style storytelling. But some of that deeper storytelling that we've been talking about, you know, in the course of this podcast, really exposing our players' personalities, some of the rivalry, some of the tension. Um, and then Saturday night, we've got Showdown Saturday night, which is 
a lot more, you know, uh, high stakes, high tension matchups. Maybe we've got some black hats and white hats. We've got some good, you know, rivalries and tension there with, with individuals who may not always get along and, and love facing off, you know, uh, on the court and on Twitter. Um, and, and so with that, we're going to bring in new voices. We've got some great new voices, uh, to, to join our broadcast this year, a, 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 a variety of voices, different diversity backgrounds. Uh, some come from gaming, some come from sports. We've added women, we've added all kinds of neat new voices that I think really expand who, you know, uh, how we talk about our, our game and how we talk about our players, because ultimately it's very difficult to infuse diversity into a program from a rundown. It has to be from an organic place. You have to invite diverse voices into the conversation. And so that's really the focus this year. No, I was just going to say on that, I think is something that I really wanted to talk to you about was the, you know, increasing female participation, because I know that's been a really huge drive for you. I mean, here in the UK, women's sports is gaining traction just sort of week after week. You know, it, we're, I don't know if it's the same in, in the US, but currently at the moment, I much prefer watching Arsenal ladies than I do the men's team. Um, but, you know, sort of in the ether itself that, you know, mass participation when it's allowed at events but you can just see now televised events of of women's games you know we're working with the 100 this year and the first game of of their season is going to be a women's game you know it's it's super exciting and I know that in the past that's something that the league had struggled with in terms of sort of getting women on board so so what are you doing in that area and, and how are you pushing it forward? Well, so, so it's funny, it goes back to storytelling, but um, we have an incredible team, which in- includes PR and diversity inclusion uh, efforts through social responsibility and PR and league ops. And, um, you know, I just try to draft off of what those folks are doing from a storytelling perspective, but there's a concerted effort to ensure that we can build programs and systems that um, allow more people to participate in what we're doing. And, you, and from a storytelling perspective, from a creative perspective, you know, we dedicated an entire episode of Locked In last year to the diversity and inclusion issue, particularly around women in gaming, um, which is, you know, a little bit of a sore subject, right? We we had a woman in, drafted into the league in season two, and then in season three, no women were in the league. And that felt like a big step back for us. And we realized we weren't doing all that we could. And so, you know, I do what I do best, which is the only thing I know how to do because I'm kind of a moron elsewhere. Um is I take it to storytelling. And so we did an entire episode of Locked In. And, you know, kudos to our partners at AT&T for not only allowing us to do it, you know, as the key sponsor in that program, but encouraging us and then participating in it too. Um, you know, really incredible, you know, partner there from a storytelling perspective. And so from a storytelling perspective, all I'm trying to do is make sure that we have a spotlight on those stories and we have a spotlight on the good and the bad of it. I mean, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, do you really want to do an episode of Locked In that shows how you're not succeeding at something that's important to you? And I said, yeah, because I think a lot of people aren't having success. So if we admit it and show warts and all how it's not working right now, but we need to do better, you know, maybe that's a good story to tell. And certainly it could be cleansing for us too. We'll learn a lot about ourselves as we talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then we, you know, we saw great traction this year. We're really proud of the fact that two women were drafted this year, Um, you know, still not enough um, and still not enough exposure or opportunities, you know, for, for people that, that want to join our league Um, that, but I think that it's, you know, again, our league is dedicated to making that a core issue. And, um, I'm really proud of the people that I work with and for who make that happen. And if I can lend a hand through creative storytelling and and putting a, a spotlight on it, then I'm going to do everything I can to do that. Yeah, and I highly recommend our listeners check out that episode. It's, it's it's a brilliant episode, and it was incredibly refreshing to see you sort of well, not to see you particularly, but the league sort of open up 
to that and and be really brave about saying we know we're not getting this right but we are trying because I think that's that's something for us that's a huge mantra we're not going to nail it every time we're we're just not going to get things right but if we can learn from it and move on and be better next time then that's the key I think that you have to try you know Mm -hmm. I mean you just have to put things in place that make it possible and you know again to your point Maz the successes are big and and the failures are big too and so um you just can't walk away from the failures. You've got to just keep driving forward and, and hope that the messaging gets through. And, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm no expert in this. I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to talk about. In fact, there's probably someone from PR right now on this call cringing at what I'm about to say next. <laughs> Shout out to Colleen. Um, but I, again, if, if I can bring what I do for a living to that, then that's, then that's what I've been brought here to do. And that's what I, I hope to do. Listen, it's been a it's been a joy as always talking to you, Matt. Um, the most enthusiastic person on uh, on earth. When you meet when you meet him in real life, it's unreal. Picking up his energy, great energy needed. Um, best of luck for the new season. We're delighted to be involved again. Honored to be involved again. Well, let me uh, let, so, let, let you guys as, a, as a team. As a team. As a team, they're just uh, the team. It's so much fun. Well, they're all I got to give you guys a shout out too. I mean, this is your podcast after all, but I, I absolutely love working with you guys. I think the stuff that we've done, we talk about music. You guys did some stuff with us on TikTok last year. Um, the 101 gaming content, you know, huge success. Um, when you talk about creative partners and working with creative people, you know, I just can't speak enough about the partnership we've created and, and your team and, and everyone that I get to work with on your side. It's very rare that you, and I, we shouldn't have to say this ever, but it's very rare that you get to work with an agency or a, a creative shop that, that the passion is there because they actually really dig the job and they dig the sport and they love what we do and they want to participate in it. And it's, it doesn't feel like it's about the money and it doesn't feel like it's about the next agreement. Um, you know, we have far fewer business conversations than we do creative conversations, which is just so refreshing. So you know, I, I know that, you know, it's, I know that it's your podcast. So you get to talk about yourselves, however you want when I'm not on your show, but I, we do really value what, what you guys do for us. And we love the, we love the work you guys do. So we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Really nice of you to say so. Um, listen, appreciate your time. A lot of work to do, a lot of music to make, a lot of, a uh, lot of content to, to create on both sides of the Atlantic um, uh, for the new season. So we'll crack on with that. And thank you very much indeed, Matt Arden, for joining us on Out of Office. Thanks for having me. L's and we running it back. We got the. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Tipping off for season four in the NBA 2K League.